Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Good morning, everyone. I'm here and sick with I mean, I'm on the verge of getting better, but my voice is still so annoying, and I know I'm going to cringe listening to this, so thank you for bearing with me. Um, I'm in Samsung 837 with Sally Izzo. Hello. From Safe and Sound Satos. Is it Satos or? It's Satos. Satos. Yeah. I say a lot of Satos. people say Satos, which is fine, but I think traditionally, like in Puerto Rico, they say Sato. Yeah. I think that's my like New Jersey way of saying A's, though, because <laughs> I think it's a common thing. Anyway, founder of Safe and Sound Satos. Yes. And like now, am I saying it right? (laughs) But basically, the wonderful person that gave me Charlie, who now everyone knows on my Instagram, my pup, who I'm absolutely head over heels in love with and obsessed with. Um, So Sally and I only met in person two – I've had Charlie tomorrow will mark two weeks. So she – we had actively been like – Like texting back and forth, finding her the perfect pup. Exactly. And – I will obviously dive into all of that because I think that's what really sets you guys apart. Um, so we had been texting and I was like, this girl probably thinks I'm fucking crazy because <laughs> I was texting you nonstop. And I had no idea who you were like on the back end of the phone. So I was right. like, I have no idea who this human is. Little did I know you were like around my age and like a very fun, normal person. But I was like this older woman maybe like thinks I'm a lunatic. <laughs> um, she's probably so annoyed with me. But – then we finally matched with Charlie mm-hmm. and met officially when you flew him home from Puerto Rico. So I want to dive into a ton about – did you call it SAS? Yeah, no? SAS. SAS. It's an acronym um, for it. Yeah. I want to learn a ton about that. I also want to talk in general about the adoption process and everything that's happening in Puerto Rico. But to dive in, as I told you, I ask the first question is how yes. would you define success? Yes. Um, yeah, so – Defining success for me, I seriously think I would have answered it differently if you asked me like a few years ago. And I think it's probably like that for everybody. Success Mm -hmm. is kind of like a developing notion in our mind. And it's probably different at every state, like stage in your life. But I think for me right now, success is... One, it's being, like, proud of what mm-hmm. you do, right? So, like, I'm also a producer. Um, I know. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, like, you have, like, a very Other legit than, full-time job. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm a producer um, in my, you know, everyday life, and then I run the rescue on the side. Um, but in both jobs, you know, it's really about 
the end product, being proud of it and like wanting to yeah. share it with someone. So it's the same when I produce something that I'm really proud of. That's, you know, success to me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I match someone with a puppy that I know it's going to like change not only the dog's life completely, but the person's life, like you, for instance. Totally. That is such success for me. And I mean, if I went, if I ran this rescue and I only was able to like change one dog and one human's life, like that to me is success. Yes. So, and you honestly are bringing so much joy. Okay. Yes. You're completely changing the lives of these dogs. Like there's no question there, but you're bringing these people the happiest thing ever. That must be so fulfilling of knowing how happy you're making everyone. Totally. It's so fulfilling. And I mean, like when I go to the airport and I see the dogs meet their owner for the first time. Yeah. That, I mean, like, it's unparalleled. There's, like, no better feeling for sure. And also, I feel like now dogs are so popular. Not now, but on Instagram, people are either creating accounts for their dogs or they're right. sharing about their animals. And so you get to see all of that also. And it's like a right. continuing growth journey. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, in times where I'm feeling, like, down about something or, you know, maybe an adoption didn't pan out or something didn't work out the way that I thought or we lose a dog in Puerto Rico, like, I go on our social media pages and I'm able to follow the stories of all the dogs that, like, you know, we rescued over a year ago and see them grow up and see how they're interacting with their owners. And, I mean, honestly, it's the best feeling in the world, for sure. I can only imagine. Everyone asks me if I'm going to start an account for Charlie, and I'm like, I cannot run three accounts. (laughs) I need to spend less time on He'll just have to have a lot of FaceTime on your account. Yes, which he has, and everyone seems to love him, so I don't think it's stopping. But I follow a lot of the rescues from SAS, and like that one group that we had talked about, one of the dogs adopting before – I was like ready. Right. And all of their siblings and they met up in Hoboken. And I'm like, oh my God. So cute. Um, So can you walk us through how you found its ass? Because I was blown away when you said that you produce full time. And what are you producing full time? So I am a producer for a major cable network. Yeah. Like, so it's a very (laughs) intense job. And then you just casually run a rescue on the side. How did this all happen? So, I mean, back when I first started SAS, um, I was working at CNN at the time. Okay. And I was a news producer on a primetime show. Um, and it just kind of happened to be in the midst of when the first – well, the first hurricane that, you know, I was involved in rescue with was Hurricane yeah. Harvey, okay. um, which was in Texas. And I was, you know – watching all this video of the animals like in the streets people abandoning their animals animals drowning I mean I could go on but it's like not even worth discussing because it's negative but that kind of prompted me to be like okay what can I do Mm -hmm. I want to help I want to do something that is going to make a difference maybe I can foster because I had just moved into this new apartment it was huge I had a big backyard I was like oh it's amazing yeah like this is apartment before the one that I live in now because the one you live in now is great too (laughs) and I was like oh we totally have enough room for another dog and of course my husband who is my boyfriend at the time was like um not a permanent second dog but like I'd be down for fostering I'm like great so you know I I went through trying to foster for an organization in New York City which 
actually is, you know, it's competitive it's to so just be a foster. I reach out to tons of different organizations. Like I know we discussed yeah. previously, you did too. And no one got back to me. I was like, I don't understand. Like I'm a dog mom. I have a great stable job. Like I'm able to come home at lunch. I can work from home sometimes. Like I don't understand why people aren't getting back to me. And I think it's just like the sheer amount of people. I agree. Um, and, you know, having really lean staffs and people can't read all the applications and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I ended up reaching out to a friend who volunteered for um, another organization like in Westchester. Okay. And so I started like my fostering process with them. Um, so I fostered a few pups with them, learned about fostering. And it's fostering so hard. I just can't imagine. I feel it would be so difficult. Yeah, you totally have to like, you have to go into it knowing that, you know, you are not keeping the dog. Okay. And if you go into it with that mindset, it also helps a lot if you have your own dog. That's right? very true. So I rescued my own dog from Puerto Rico seven years ago when I was on vacation. But um, I have, you know, so I had my own dog and I was like, I'm, I'm just going to like do this as a prep for the dog to like find its new home. Okay. And um, yeah, I, w- I was able to do it. Obviously, I have cried after every single foster leaves. I mean, that's just, you know, you get attached to them for sure. It, it's yeah. hard. Um. But yeah, so once I started fostering for them, I was like, you know, my love for dogs like really stems from finding my dog in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. Um, And And how did you find your dog in Puerto Rico? So I was on vacation and I literally was just going to like surf and hang out at the beach and have a good time. And um, at that time in my life, I really wanted a dog. Right. But I I knew nothing about rescuing at all. Like growing up, I had a golden retriever. Then I had a Wheaton Terrier, like family dogs. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they were from breeders. They weren't rescued. Yeah, Um, same. My dogs growing up were breeders. Yeah. And I I just wasn't educated in the rescue aspect of Mm -hmm. things. So I had like picked out a breeder. I, I knew the puppy that I wanted. I had a check written out on my dresser. For whatever reason, I was like, and I was like late go. on the payment. I was like a week <laughs> late on the payment. And I was like, oh, I need to get this in the mail. And then for, I don't know why, whatever reason, I remember looking at that check on my dresser and being like, okay, I'm just going to send it when I get back from Puerto Rico and whatever. So I go to Puerto Rico and uh, the neighbor of the house where we're staying at had found these seven puppies and he had found them in a shark trap. They were actually being oh used as like bait. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's so sick. So, you know, he had rescued them, rehabilitated them. They were all kind of like mangy, but my puppy that I ended up adopting was the runt, and she was Mm -hmm. the most mangy, and she was just kind of curled in a corner, not playing with the other puppies. Um, But something about her, like, kind of spoke to me. And, you know, at first we just went over to play with them, right? Like, we heard the puppies, like, barking and crying, and we're like, oh, like, let's go see if we can play with them. And he was, like, a cool surfer guy, and he's like, yeah, come come hang with them. Um, And so the youngest one, when I held her, she, like, latched on to my body, and I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Time will never be the same. Yeah, like, oh, no. Um, And so he, he was kind of just like dude, you know, this dog picked you. Like, you can't you can't leave without this dog. He's like, and I'm just telling you, like, if you remotely, like, have a connection to this dog, probably no one else is going to adopt her just because she, you know, is missing half the hair on her body. Yeah. And she has a cropped tail. And, mm-hmm. you know, she wasn't, like, 
the cutest of all of them, but totally had the potential to be the cutest. She was just sick. Um, And this was sort of towards the end of my trip, and I kept thinking, like, I I don't know what to do. Like, should I bring her? Should I not bring her? And my final decision, obviously, was, like, I can't leave this dog here. Oh, my gosh. And so you just flew home with her? And I just flew home with her. Yeah. I didn't – I had no idea what I was doing. Like, this really great organization called ARF um, that's in Rincon, Puerto Rico, which is where I was, they helped me get, like, the paperwork. And luckily, like, she was vaccinated and up to date on whatever shots she needed to fly with me. And they got me, like, a little carrying case to bring her on the plane. Um, and yeah, I, I flew her home and wow. that was that. I ordered what I needed on Amazon like the night before and <laughs> yeah. That's wild. Yeah, it was an impromptu dog mom story. And okay, so then you'd spend time with your dog. You've now been fostering right, in right. What, the Westchester situation. Right, yeah. So then how does SAS evolve? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> after I was fostering with Pet Rescue, um, which is based in Westchester, I was like, I really want to help you know, the dogs in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually had a trip booked to Puerto Rico during Hurricane Katrina. I mean, really? Hurricane Maria, I I'm sorry. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was supposed to be there. Holy shit. Um, and then the hurricane came and we we're like, okay, we clearly have to like cancel yeah. our trip. Um, so we canceled it. But that even made me more inclined to help dogs Because you in knew Puerto what Rico. was going to be. Yeah, exactly. And... Um, you know, I reached out to the Sato Project, which mm-hmm. is another Sato organization yep, based in I Brooklyn. Applied there. Yeah, and they're also great. Um, I ran their Instagram for a while, just like volunteering. Mm-hmm. Two of the puppies I fostered through them, um, we were they were actually in the puppy bowl, which was really oh, cute. Really? And cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, and my cousins ended up adopting both of them. Oh my god. Um, which was super sweet and awesome. Um, so I still follow them and watch their journey, which is great. But, yeah, so that's kind of, like, where I got to know how a rescue functions. It's, like, I ran their Instagram, and I went to a bunch of their events, and um, it was almost like I was learning without knowing I was learning, because while I was doing that... there was no end purpose. Right, like, I had no inclination that I would ever start my own rescue. I mean, that was just, like, not on my radar at all. I just wanted to foster. I just wanted to help dogs. Like, I've loved animals ever since I can imagine, Mm -hmm. um... I mean, ever, you know, ever since I was little, like, animals are, like, everything to me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it just kind of organically happened. I, I learned how to do the Instagram and how rescue functions. And um, my cousin decided that she wanted to adopt Asato because she saw all of the work that I was doing. Yep. Um, and this is a cousin who lived in Florida, but unfortunately, the Sato Project only adopts to the tri-state area. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so... Um, I was like, hmm, I wonder if I, like, went on Facebook and I looked at that organization, ARF, that helped me get the paperwork for Monkey, my dog Mm -hmm. that I brought back from Puerto Rico, if, like, they could help or if they had, you know, a dog that needs a home. Um, Because I I knew that they sent dogs everywhere and anywhere. I mean, they even send them to the UK. They they send them all over the place um, just because, like, any opportunity to get a dog home in Puerto Rico is huge for them. So I found this dog. My cousin was like, oh, my gosh, it looks perfect. And the girl who was fostering that puppy that my cousin adopted, actually it wasn't a puppy, it was an adult dog, but um, I told her, I was like, hey, if you ever want me to foster any dogs in New York, I'm totally more than willing to foster. I would Mm -hmm. love to. 
Um, and, she, you know, she was like, that would be amazing. Basically, their biggest hope is to get one of, you know, their rescues into a non-kill shelter in the yeah. U.S. I mean, if they could send puppies or dogs to shelters here that won't euthanize them, that that's a huge win for them, mm-hmm. right? So I guess for me offering to, like, foster puppies in my home and, you know, find them homes that we could keep track of, she yeah. was like, oh, my God, it's a no-brainer. Of course. Of course it would be amazing. So, um, yeah, we just, we started from there. I started with one and then two and three and, you know, I kind of just like post them on Facebook and at first it was like friends and then friends of friends and then, Mm -hmm. you know, word of mouth and then, um, you know, then it became like friends of friends of friends and people were like, well, you don't have a website and how do we know this is legit? legit. Like, how do we know this is a real thing? And then that, you know, prompted me, okay, I need to like make a website so people know that this is like a legit thing that I'm Mm -hmm. doing. Um, I'll make an Instagram so people also can like see pictures of the puppies that we have available and the dogs. And so that was like the first step in it developing. Um, And then it just kind of spiraled. It was like, all of a sudden, it just grew and grew and grew and grew. And well, I feel like you guys are everywhere now. Like, I mean, I obviously follow your account, so I see all the dogs yeah. you're rescuing, but I hear about you guys from other people. Like, yeah. I've gotten so many DMs saying, like, oh my gosh, I rescued from SAS too, which I love. Yeah, I love it. Um, Definitely and, word of mouth is so yes. important. So how long ago has it officially been a rescue that you've run? In December, it'll be two years. Oh, wow. So still yeah, a baby. Yeah, so we're super young. Yeah. I mean, it's still all brand new, um, but it's pretty amazing what you can learn in such a short period of time. I feel the same way with what I've been doing. Like, yeah. You know, if nothing else comes of whatever I've built and this whole freckled foodie movement of my life, I feel like I went to business school. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I've gained so much knowledge from all the different things I've learned, whether it be like tech editing to like contracts and legal shit. Totally. To cook it. Like all of it is just a massive learning experience. Yeah, I totally agree. So I want to share a little bit about my adoption, I guess, story because Mm -hmm. I talked about it on my Instagram, but for those of you who didn't watch or, you know, a different audience on here. Um, I grew up with dogs, but like we said, they were like purebred right. black labs. We had a, cock- uh, a cockapoo. Um, and I loved them, but when we moved to New York, I was like, I can't have a dog. Like, I work right. crazy hours at J.P. Morgan. I lived with a roommate, and then I lived by myself, and I wasn't in a place – I didn't want to care for anyone else, like right. selfishly. I was young, whatever. Yeah. Um and so then it got to this point where I was like, I really want a dog. And Joe, my husband, kept being like, you're crazy. We both work corporate jobs. Like We both wake up at 5 in the morning. Are you going to get up an extra half hour earlier to walk a dog? Right. So it was clear it wasn't happening at that time. And we had agreed that we'll have a dog when we move to the suburbs and like start a family. But then when I quit, it kind of came back into my mind. Oh, I now work from home. I can take care of an animal. And then it became more of I'm really lonely at home. Working Mm. by myself can be really isolating. Sure, I'm talking to people all the time on different calls and emails and DMs and whatever, but I was so used to being in a team to then just being by myself in an apartment was a very rough transition for me personally. And I just missed the actual like, physical being of someone else in the space. 
And so I talked to a few other entrepreneurs and they were like, my dog has changed my life in that sense. Um, I also struggle a lot with anxiety mm-hmm. and I my anxiety tends to go to – I get really anxious about time in a sense of like I'm constantly in my mind like counting down things and all the things I have to do and I'm just in my own head a lot. And with that, I became like addicted to routines. And so like if anything breaks my routine, it was like <laughs> earth shattering to me. And so I said to my mom, and my mom was so against the idea of me getting a dog. She's like, you're crazy. It's such a big responsibility. And I think all moms are. Yes. Like, I'll just say that for all my friends who have adopted. It's yeah. li- They're like, my mom's going to kill me. I didn't tell my mom for three months when I got my dog. <laughs> and then I got the flu, and she had to take care of me and the puppy. So oh, my God. Like, yeah, my mom was like, you're insane. This is not a good idea. Now, she actually is not a dog person, mm-hmm. but she came the day I got – the next day because – or that day. She's like, I just want to meet him. I want to make a good impression. And she loves him and she's so happy That's I great. did it. But I said to her, like, I want to take care of someone. I want to focus on someone else other than myself. Yeah. My whole – like, I think it's also the fact that my business focuses a lot on me. I'm right. sharing about my medical stuff. I'm sharing about my life. I'm sharing about what I'm going through. It's so much me. I need to focus on something else because I was going cuckoo. Um, so then once I decided like I physically and mentally needed a dog, I convinced Joe and it was a lot of like, I will do a lot of the work. Right. I just need you to like accept this and not hate me for it because I can't bring a dog into the home if you don't actually want right, one. Right, right. He was like, you know what? Fine. I know how much you want one. And I knew he would love it. Do- once we had it, I knew he'd love him for or sure. her because he grew up with dogs and mm-hmm. that has been the case. Um, so then I was like thinking and it's so funny if you'd asked me like a few years ago what type of dog I would have I would know the exact perfect breed like it would fit my perfect equation of life Mm -hmm. and all of that and then when I started to think about it I was like a I don't want to spend so much money right on buying a dog it's insane insanely expensive yeah so if you buy a dog from a breeder I mean it's it's crazy yeah it's like a couple grand so I did not want to do that um and I, when I guess I said I was I wanted a dog, someone DM'd me like, please rescue. I'm not putting this on you, but just look into it. And I was like, I've never really thought of that. Right. So I started following all these accounts. And then I started becoming obsessed with the dogs that they were posting. So personally, I got pre-approved at a bunch of shelters and rescues, which I would recommend people doing if they're interested because I wanted to be able to pull the trigger when a dog that I loved was available right. to just guarantee that I had access to being one of the people that they considered so I applied to a bunch of um, rescues within Manhattan. And like you said, like some didn't even get back to me. Yeah. Which I was like, why aren't you accepting me? I'm a good candidate. Um, and then I found the Sato Project. Oh, because – so I, then I became obsessed with asking everyone on the street what type of dog they had. Mm-hmm. Joe was like, you're so fucking annoying. <laughs> so I walk up to these guys and it happened multiple times in a week. And they were island dogs from Turks and Caicos. Uh-huh. So then I started thinking about, okay, like these dogs are perfect looking. They're yeah. like, they all looked kind of similar. They were really my vibe. And then I, ha- I have no idea how I came across the, the Sato Project. But then that led me to you. Right. So I got pre-approved with both of you guys and... Then our texting began. And that's why I think that totally sets you guys apart because – and obviously it's because you have the ability to do it as a smaller rescue. Right. But like I texted you. I had these kind of ideas of like wait and for me it was a lot of like a timeline situation. Like Mm -hmm. I had to wait until November. 
But you were so incredibly helpful and resourceful. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> in sending me these dogs. And I think the crazy thing is, I don't know if we talked about this, but you posted – so Charlie was named Angel, Angel by mm-hmm. you guys. Um, you posted the story of finding Angel and Nellie. Yeah. Who his sister passed. Um, but I remember you posting, like, we just found these dogs outside of a mechanic shop. They've been drinking, like, water that's leaked with, like, motor – Motor oil. Yeah, yeah, motor oil. And like I remember their gums were a certain color and they were white. Yeah, Mm, they were like shaky and you were saying like we really need help. We need donations for um like vet appointments and all stuff. Mm -hmm. At that point I had no interest in adopting either of them. Right. But it just broke my heart. And that was the only dog I Venmoed you a donation for. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's crazy how those things happen. Because then fast forward two months I looked. Mm -hmm. Oh I was like, I wonder when I did that and I looked on our Venmo like history um we were texting and i was like what about angel and you were like i was about to send you him <laughs> and then the rest was history yeah and he totally like fit the profile of what you were looking yeah, exactly. for anyways and um, he's uh, he's utterly perfect i mean i haven't really talked about this in my story stories and instagram but like having a dog is very difficult oh a yeah puppy. it's not easy for sure and it's been hard on joe and i for the first week was because i think it, it's that's the hardest <laughs> the first week yes. is the hardest it's yeah. definitely more work than we thought we were taking on mm-hmm. which is totally fine yeah but i think for him going into the situation less like i need this like right. i was he was kind of like what have we gotten ourselves into <laughs> And so then I was, like, projecting my emotions onto him of being, like, are you mad at me? Like, do you resent me for getting this dog? And he's, like, what is wrong with you? Like, no, I'm just – this is a lot. Yeah. Um, But it's been hard. But there has nothing been more rewarding that I've ever done. And the emotion that I feel already just having him for two weeks, like – I'm just imagine in, in two love. years. I, I can't. I physically can't. My <laughs> friends keep being like, how are you going to have children? Because you're so attached. And yeah. I honestly am concerned now for my well-being. <laughs> yeah, it's truly amazing how your love can grow. It's like, wild. day by day for your animals. It's wild. You think you can't love them anymore, and then the next day you're like, oh my god, I love you more. Yeah, and the day yeah. I picked him up from your apartment, when I walked outside and he was in my arms, I just started hysterically crying. I was like, <laughs> I needed this. And he and I also think a lot of something I really love about the rescue aspect mm-hmm. is that I didn't I don't know weird part of me like didn't want a perfect dog I was like no right. I want a dog with some story and like some background mm-hmm. and also like if I can save a dog rather than like pay to bring another dog into the universe why wouldn't I Yeah for sure um, And I think their love runs deeper because they know. They know. Yeah, they had a rough start to life. And they they have something to compare and contrast to, right? Yeah. So, like, even though he was so young living on the streets, like, not getting any food, having to resort to drinking water that's mixed with motor oil. I mean, these puppies that are, you know, from breeders and whatever, like – Usually they have a very, like, loving upbringing, right? Yeah. Like, if you're going you to a quality so. breeder, yes. right? Um, so, of course, they're going to – they'll love you too, obviously. But yeah. but they don't have that grateful aspect yes. to look back on. And obviously no one knows how a dog's brain really works. But I swear to God, I know that they know – You can tell. That you gave them a good life. I also have imprinted very hard on him. <laughs> so, like, when we have people around – like, the way he acts in – he only wants to be in my arms. Yes. And the way he acts in my arms, like, you can tell 
there is like a you saved me. Yeah. And, and I love you. You know, for Angel speci- or Charlie now specifically, um, you know, like Kim was just saying, we do try to be very – we try to, like, get to know our adopters, exactly. right? And yeah, we're so can you small, talk about that? Yeah. Because I th- think that's what sets you apart. Yeah, like, and we're small rescue, so we're able to do that. And mm-hmm. people are always like, oh, when are you going to scale up? Like, you should scale up, you know, get more adopters, get more dogs adopted, which, yes, like, we would love to do that. But at the same time, we can't lose, like, the quality of totally agree. matching our dogs with the right people, yeah. right? So not every puppy is, like, the right fit for every person. And um, I know that when Cam had first applied, like, you know, I'm, I'm a producer and, like, I've worked in news production for a very long time. So I'm a very talented stalker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, I'm able to find everybody's I'm also Instagram. very easy to stalk. Yeah, she was My like very... My whole life is on the internet. She was very easy <laughs> to figure out. But like, you know, she's very open with the fact that she has anxiety. So it was really important that any dog that I showed to her, I knew wouldn't have like severe anxiety issues. Yes, and I so appreciate that. that would... That is a disaster when you put a very anxious dog with a very anxious person. It really doesn't work out well. Um, The fact that Angel, Charlie now, was so, like, he wanted to be babied. Like, since we rescued him so young and he was sick, like, he was constantly being carried around, cared for, like... He just wants a mommy. Like, that's all he wants. And so so Cam was, like, the perfect person to give him what he needed. It is so clear. Like, when he's he's the calmest, hands down, when he's just, like, lounging in my arms. Right. And as she was saying earlier, you know, she wanted someone to take care of other than herself. So this was really just, like, a perfect match. Thank you so much for gifting me this match. Of course. (laughs) What would you say if people are looking to get involved or – whether it's like fostering, yeah. volunteering for you, like end game, obviously adopting. How many adoptions have you guys successfully had? I was wondering that. Is there a number? So it is just a little over 600. Wow. Which is pretty wild. Oh my God. I know. It's crazy. I That's can't believe so it myself. Many. I know. Well, That's I mean, really you crazy. constantly. So if someone's looking to adopt, yeah. the first step would be get pre-approved yes email us we'll send you an application um i typically don't have my applications like readily available i don't post on pet finder just because i want the quality of applications that i'm reviewing to be people who are actively seeking us out um because i want them to be serious i don't want to waste the time going through applications that aren't serious yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would say email us, um, fill out your application. Then from there, we do a phone interview. You can send us a video of your apartment. And yep. then from there, we, you know, we'll stay in touch with you and try to figure out what puppy or dog is the best yeah. fit for you. And then who are the people on the side, like in Puerto Rico, doing? Who are they just like rescuing from the streets yeah. and then taking them to vet yep. apartments? Yeah. So Jerica, who I was um, talking about before, she's like my yeah. partner in this, um, the one who had the dog that my cousin adopted. Okay. She, I mean, it's not very hard to just drive down the street and you literally find a box of puppies on the side of the road. What? I mean, yeah, it's not good. In certain parts of Puerto Rico, it's just, it's horrible. I mean, people abandon their dogs. They abandon the puppies that their dogs have because they are not, you know, spaying them. A a lot of people don't want to neuter male dogs because they think it's like a manhood thing. I mean, it really, it's not doing the problem any justice. Like there is a really bad stray dog problem before 
the hurricane. Okay. And now after it, it's – I mean, it's just – Yeah. It's horrible. And you guys are – there is, like, a large event in Puerto Rico. I don't know if it's yearly or multiple times where, like, they're – What's it called? Like Spayathon? Yeah, there's tons of Spayathons, yeah. which is great. A lot of organizations bring their dogs there to get them spayed. I know that Jerica goes and she volunteers and she helps okay. um, with the dogs getting spayed at Spayathons. Um, you know, that's really just, I think it, a lot of them are hosted by the Humane Society. Yeah. Um, and yeah, those are either free or low cost to okay. spay and neuter your dog. Um, Obviously, if everybody spayed and neutered their dog, yeah. we wouldn't have this problem. Um, do you guys ever do, or do you think you will do, like volunteer trips almost to Puerto Rico? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's definitely something that's in the works for us, for yeah. sure. I feel like that'd be so cool. Yeah, it would be so helpful, much fun. Every like time for everyone. I go, of course, I find a dog. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, w- I would love for people who want to volunteer and people who have adopted for us to organize something, something we've been talking about for a while now. I think, I think, it'd think be it would so be really great. fun. I would love to be a part of it. Yeah, I, w- like, I would no love to question. have you. Um, and then for people, once say they are pre-approved, I would mm-hmm. also say I know personally, like I had you guys on the top of my Instagram feed because I was like, I want to see all the stories because mm-hmm. you are great about actively posting. Yeah. A, like really sad stories, which yeah. you have to do. <laughs> no, but you have yeah, to. Yeah, we have to. And I that's mean, how I fell in love with Charlie. Yeah. Um, But also dogs that are available. Like right. Luna. Someone adopt Luna. Oh, my God. Freaking Luna. She is the cutest so black cute. lab puppy. But you know what? So – um, this guy, Will, Will Furman, who yeah. is an awesome dog photographer, he reached out to me. He's Puerto Rican, and he's like, look, I would love to help you with anything that you need help with, but I'm a photographer, so if you want me to take pictures of any of your dogs, like, I'd love to do, do that. So we did it. And we literally, I literally just posted it last night. We got these gorgeous pictures of Luna. And guess what? We got like six or seven applications for her today. I have yes. yet to review See, them, but it's, it's stuff like that. She'll get a great home now. Yeah. Cause even with Charlie, when we, I was saying this to a friend, like I had, a, I was like, yes, he's the one we'll go forward with it. But mm-hmm. the photos, he was still in Puerto Rico at the time. Yep. So then I was like, I haven't seen a photo of him in a while. And the one photo that they, you got, got sent from Jerrica, he looked big. And yeah. so I was thinking Photos are I'm so deceiving. <laughs> gonna have this massive dog enter my apartment. Right. I thought I was getting a puppy. When I saw him in your home, I was shocked. Yeah. He was like nine pounds. Everyone that meets him is says that he's so much smaller in person uh-huh. than he was on the pictures. But Photos could definitely, with dogs that like are struggling with getting adopted, I feel like that is like the number That's one thing. That's a huge issue. Yeah. Because pictures don't they don't like tell the whole story, right? Yes. So you see a picture of a dog and you're like, oh my God, it's so cute, but it looks huge. Yeah. Generally, they're not anywhere near as big as they look. I totally agree. I love like when the adopters get their dogs and they're like, oh my God, they're so small. I was shocked <laughs> when I was holding him. I was like, he's a peanut. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I forgot. I wanted to ask this while we were talking about everything you do, but what is your favorite characteristic about yourself? Oh, um. I mean, they're very easy grabbable ones that I can give <laughs> right now based on everything you do. I, I think in my current – I mean, obviously things that you like about yourself or dislike about yourself can change so fluidly like yes. every day. But today, right now, sitting here, I think that having the ability to like let go of things yeah. is something that's really necessary for me, especially yeah. like running this rescue. I see these dogs that are abused and 
like intentionally burned and all these like be horrible so things. To take on all of that. It, it's horrible. And yeah, it's difficult to yeah. take that on. So it's like once we get a dog that has, you know, a really colored, horrible past, um, I am happy that I'm able to just like let go of it and forgive the people who hurt the dog and just say, you know, from here on out, we're living in the present. This dog's going to have a new lease on life. Like, yeah. you know, you just treat the situation with positivity. And if you put positive things into, you know, your your conscious effort to get the dog adopted, then you're going to have a positive outcome, I think. I agree. Positive, like, I manifest a lot of shit. Yeah. But I do think that the more positive energy you put out there, the more positivity happens to you in return sure. and comes back. Yeah. I mean, you're putting out so much fucking positivity. <laughs> it's funny because I did an interview with Ben Van Lehman from Van Lehman Ice Cream. Oh, and I he, love that ice cream. Okay, I'm absolutely <laughs> addicted. And he was saying, like, we basically give people, like, a spoonful of happiness and joy. So like, true. it's so great to be able to provide that. And it had me thinking about there are very few businesses that actually provide that aspect to people. Because, yeah. like, restaurants, I wouldn't even go. Yes, sure, maybe, but like ice cream is very different, mm-hmm. especially theirs. But I feel like you do the same thing. You provide these little bundles of joy. Bundles of like <laughs> lifetime joy. Yeah, for sure. And that's why it's important for us to find the people like you who who think that, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, we we are trying to make this world more positive and change the way people view dogs and um, I think right now in general, like everybody is posting about their dog. Everyone makes Instagram Everyone. accounts for their dog. It's all just, the dog foods. Like everything, is it's becoming up. trendy to adopt, which I love. Yes, I think that's so cool, and um, you know, it's awesome for us. Obviously, yeah. I know my friend didn't adopt, and she's like, I got so much shit on my Instagram. <laughs> and she's like, listen, and I'm like, it's your choice, right? Right. What? I'm not gonna like shame anyone for not adopting. Yeah, I run a rescue. I wouldn't shame anybody yeah. for not adopting. I just But know I agree. That it's very, like, it's a big hot topic right yes, now. Yes, it is. Very big hot topic. For sure. What would you want, like, is there any one piece of information you want to get out there to listeners or, like, any ask that they can assist you in, like, growing SAS or helping? I would say, you know, if you want to follow us, our Instagram is Safe and Sound Satos. Um, Everything will be in the T-O-S. Oh, yeah. good. So just, like, share our store. If you can't donate, that's totally fine. I would say shares and prayers help, too. Yeah. Because if you share our story and somebody then who has the means to help us and donate can donate, that's amazing. Also, just sharing it and having people put that positive energy out there, praying totally. for the dogs, like just thinking positive thoughts for the dogs that really need it. I mean, that that helps just as much. So yeah. that's important. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, and then to close, the one food-related question I have for you <laughs> because I have to do something with food yes. in every episode. What would be the three ways to your heart through food? And it's funny because you're the first person that I've had on here that like, like, I've never even conversed about food with. <laughs> so I have no idea what you're about to give me. Yeah. So I actually – I love food and I love cooking. Um, I – I would say my first answer is like twofold, right? Okay. So I love when somebody who loves to cook cooks for me. Yes. I love to watch them cook. I love like seeing the joy on their face. Yes, I agree. And you know, they kind of watch you with like a delayed oh, response. Yeah, they're like, like, oh, do they like it? <laughs> it was that good. What is she thinking? <laughs> yeah. And my sister is like an amazing cook and she's worked for restaurant groups, everything like that. So whenever she cooks for me, um, 
is obviously a huge weight in my heart. Yeah. And I, I love I love just telling her what I ate was amazing because it always is. Yes. And I know that she loves to hear that, right? That's so nice. So I love that. And then I love when my husband tries to cook for me. <laughs> <laughs> tries. Um, yeah. I mean, actually, he has... He has come bounds. I mean, he used to just be able to cook toast and ice cubes if that's a thing. <laughs> but like he we started doing like those plated boxes a while yeah, yeah. ago. And I swear to God, he like learned to cook through using those that's great. box systems. Yeah. And so now he can like make me dinner and I can sit down that's and eat really it. That's really nice. Yeah. And he'll be like very proud of himself too, yeah. which is he's an engineer. So he's not like the creative type yeah. really. But Hence why he loved plated. Like, I need exactly, every step. Right, exactly. Every step, everything perfectly measured out. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's also great. Um, but, yeah, so the twofold part of that is, like, I, I then love to cook for people, too. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I love to see them enjoy something that I make. Um, but yeah. I totally agree. And the third way, I guess, would have to be feeding my dogs. Oh, wow, that's good. You know? Ha- Shit, I have, have to, to add that <laughs> in now to mine. Okay, what is his monkey's favorite food? Oh my gosh, cheese. Yeah. I say the word cheese and she like does backflips. Really? Oh my God, yeah. She adores cheese, anything wow. cheese related. Yeah, and a lot of people who have picky dogs, like a lot of people who have like poodle mixes, poodles can yeah. be very picky eaters. Um, the easiest thing to do is just grate the tiniest bit of Parmesan food, Parmesan cheese, cheese onto their food. They'll eat the entire bowl. So it's like when so we have, yeah, when we have like sick dogs that, you know, need to eat their food, yeah. Parmesan cheese works wonders. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yeah. Well, Charlie is a big farmer's dog person. He loves it. Um, yeah, he's absolutely obsessed with it. Um, actually, I'll put the link in the show notes because I do have a link for you all if you want 50% off your first order of Farmer's Dog. Um, but he eats that. He loves it. And I had texted you, I think, like he won't eat peanut butter. I was mm-hmm. so confused. I officially got him on peanut butter. So I'm there very happy. It takes him a while. Yeah. he. I think it was just like, what is this Yeah. I find it with the new rescue puppies. They're like, they're not sure what to make of it. Yeah. And then they end up loving it. But I stuff those like hollow bones with that and like some of his like kibble yeah and like deli turkey which is such a disgusting combination oh, they love that but he loves <laughs> he goes to town yeah like for sure distracted for an hour yeah and if you put that I in work. the freezer that's when i do it yep yeah i need all the time i can get yes. when i'm like trying to work right now exactly so in the freezer it gives me the extra time thank you so much for being on of here of course thank you so this much was, for having me i'm so me. happy this, this was worked. great this was so much fun yes um Everyone, please go check out Safe and Sounds Satos. It's like so hard for me to not say Satos. <laughs> it actually took me a long time to say Satos as well. Yeah, I'm really struggling. Um, everything will be in the show notes. Donate if you can. If not, share. I would love if anyone actually like ends up fostering or adopting, please message me. I would love just to know that this somehow helped a dog. So thank you. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there, at Freckled Foodie.